Okay, it's on the list. Noah and Sonny are meeting each other for the first time right as we speak. Currently, they are... Sonny is downstairs letting Noah into my apartment. Uh, just had a, a, a good but somewhat difficult conversation with Sonny. By the time you hear this, I'll probably not be in Los Angeles, but right now I'm recording this in L.A. And, uh, yeah, that's just the next step for me. So this podcast is going to be on a kind of different, uh, different, uh, different click in the next in the next foreseeable future but there's one thing i learned from doing my other podcast the barn a podcast about the shield it's that uh distance is no barrier to friends hey everybody look who's here we're fucking recording already aren't we oh you know it baby i was just saying i was just doing a little prelude i was letting the listeners know that uh my life is changing in a little bit also do you boys want any water or anything i would love one yeah let's do some some water Uh, i'm just giving them the life update because we haven't said it on the pod yet that even that I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> not gonna be here. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be in Los Angeles anymore. But distance is no barrier to true friendship. How are you guys, how are you guys gonna keep the pod going? Probably skyping, and that's what I do with my other pod. Okay, good, good. All good. right, uh, Noah, do you want to get the podcast started? I guess. <laughs> All right, fellas, ladies, gentlemen, uh, everyone in between, animals, grandkids, grandparents, whoever listens to this. We got a good one today. We got a really good one. Do you think so, Mason? I'm so excited for this. We got one that we might ruffle some feathers. Thank you very much. Oh, my God. We might, we might ruffle some feathers today. Uh, this is going to be the easiest, breeziest podcast. Yeah, this is. that's what I always say. I'm getting, I think I just called a number that I just randomly dialed on my phone. <laughs> I don't know how I did that, but welcome back to It's On The List podcast Everyone's favorite podcast, uh, including mine. Yeah. Uh, I'm Noah Marger. I'm Mason McGuire, and today with us we got... Introduce yourself, guys. Hey, I'm Sonny Dion Jr. Hello, Sonny Dion Jr. Sonny <laughs> Dion Jr. That is a fucking, like, rock star name. That's like a Frank Sinatra <laughs> Yeah, he looks like a rock star, too, right? <laughs> yeah, does, 100%. Sonny, do you want to intro yourself? Do you want to preview what, you do, what you're up to to the audience? Yeah. What you're about. Uh, what <laughs> am I, I think about? The first, this is also the first Mason friend we've had on the podcast. Okay, yeah. Friend of we Mason. Had, uh, our friend. Oh, Connor. I'm so dumb. <laughs> I'm so dumb. Connor's your friend. First physical friend. First friend of mine yes. in the in, in person in you, the chateau. Are besides, you not friends with Nina? Well, Nina's a <laughs> Nina's a Venn diagram. Nina's friend. a Venn diagram. Uh, yes. Yeah. But you know Sonny Nina? is. The, I don't know if I do know. I don't Nina. think you know Nina because she was a yeah. comedy person, not a film person at Columbia. Yeah. Okay. So that's how. Let's get into how we knew each other. Yeah. Nina. So Mace and I went to school together. At yeah. Columbia and Chicago. Columbia College, yes. Chicago. Yeah. Uh, Met through my ex-old lady. Yeah. The, uh, which is appropriate for this movie. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Yeah. We saw that movie with her, too. That's for right. Some... I forgot about that. Yeah. I think the first, like, three times I saw this movie were with you, too, Exactly. Which is funny. I would only see this movie. It was like, we saw this movie when it came out at yeah. the Ion. That, like, because, like, Columbia had that It was, like, thing. the little... Pre- yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... You were a big pinch on head ahead of time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Actually, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but Damn, we're we have a deep, we have a deep, I know, co- we don't have to we have a deep connection <laughs> with this movie. Uh, I love it. So you're a filmmaker. You're a yeah. You're I'm a, a filmmaker and a and a bartender. I guess. General <laughs> yeah. at Clifton's Cafeteria. No cafeteria. Clifton's. Yeah. Do you know oh, it? Oh yeah. Of yeah. course I do, dude. That's awesome. That's Very my. Cool. That's uh, that's it. That's where I'm at. Oh yeah. Um, and a pinchin head and. PTA head. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So definitely the right guest I love to have on the show. I love but before we get yeah. to... I'm so excited to talk about this movie. Before we get to the film today, let's like, talk about the album like I Let's talk about the album first. Is that cool? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Totally, That's usually what totally. we do. Yeah. So this week... You guys set it up. So we're talking about a movie that <clears throat> took, takes place in 1970. And That's I was looking true. through on, on uh, Google and finding like 
Google.com, right? Google.com. Yes. Google.com. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. It's yes. like Bing. It's similar to Bing. It's similar Do you remember Bing. jeans? I want to get on the thing. Ask remember when you asked ask jeans? Yeah, I Google is better it, yeah. than Jeeves because Google's not a person. Like, you know, you'd have to find Jeeves and be like, Jeeves. <laughs> Where are you? Yeah, Where are you? I need to ask I'm you tired something. of hitting up my boy Jeeves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember when that was, I think I was like a young a young lad and I would be like, oh, like, I can just ask Jeeves? Like, that sounds <laughs> It was great. Well, yeah. the whole conceit was it was like your internet butler. Yes. And you phrase everything in a question, which I feel like, like, retains some of our humanity in our own yeah, yeah, computer. Yeah, yeah. And now Google does not. Now Google no, is not like, ah. Do they even have the I'm feeling lucky button anymore? I wish. That man. was that the was last, like, vestige of, like, Google's humanity. I think. Yeah, now yeah, it's just I'm the algorithm, and it's all, it's all, it's all fugazi. Whoa. But I went on, I asked Jeeves what some albums that from 1970 were, because I thought it would be good to kind of set the tone for the era that we're going to be exploring. Yeah. Uh, and I chose Elton John's Tumbleweed Connection. Now, do you guys have any any history with this album or any songs on it? I had never heard it once really? before okay. this. I, so uh, my connection to this is that the song Amarina is in Dog Day Afternoon. Yes. And oh, so, I don't even remember that. It's, it's in the, the opening very credits. beginning of the film. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember that. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie in maybe a good two or three years. Right. I, holy hell. So I that, remember that. So that song is at the beginning of Dog Day Afternoon, which... I don't think falls under the umbrella of this podcast. It's just a fucking great movie. Oh, yeah, it's just, yeah, 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 just yeah. a fucking For classic. Sure. John Cazale, like <sighs> R.I.P. Just like what an incredible fucking guy. The, fu- the fucking yeah. goat. Every Seriously. single. Oh, oh my god, love that guy. Yeah. Czech oh performer of the life. It is a huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so I knew that song, and I knew Madman Across Water. Yes, Madman Across the Water. Which well, that's is from the next. That's. I think on Spotify they have two. They do like the Spotify. It is with Excitable Boy, and we talked about it. Where it's like when they remaster like kind of classic albums. I think they throw something else on there. Uh, is the, that not originally on that album? Well, the original album cut ends with uh, "Burn Down the Mission." Does it? Oh, yes. Okay. Ooh, Which okay. is I don't know. That's a fucking way to go out. That, yeah. That, right. That, that yeah, song no is shit. awesome. Uh, yeah. But Man, Man, Man Across the Water is of course the title track of the nineteen I think seventy. Three, two or three album that has Tiny Dancer and Levon on it. Nice. <laughs> oh, we love that. We love. <laughs> you love to listen to it, folks. But Tumbleweed yeah. Connection yeah. is uh, Tumbleweed Connection. So, I think, that, so that means we don't get into the old man's shoes either. No, which no. Is oh, awesome. you guys can That's talk about it if you want to. I didn't listen to. I didn't listen to the last two just because I wanted to have like the kind of the most the, the nineteen seventy version of Tumbleweed Connection. Okay, as it were, okay. you know. Well, out of the three of us, you're the smartest dumb guy. <laughs> because, yeah, no shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, no, I that's the thing with this is that oh fuck this. Uh, fuck so, this. Fuck this. Fuck everybody trying to call me right now. Uh, hey, who's trying that, to call you? Uh, I'll tell you after the show. It's not important to. It's not. Holy shit. But so I'm a big Elton John head. Okay. Love Elton John. I'm a bit of an Elton John freak. <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm a bitch. I'm a bitch. The bitch is back. I'm just, what are some other Elton John things I can say? Loved the Rocket Man movie. Yeah, it's great. Dude, I haven't even seen it. It's I'm very such, fun. I'm you so should, out of my depth. No, dude, don't worry about it. You'll have plenty of time at the end of the year. <laughs> uh, there's not a single Tumbleweed Connection song in Rocket Man, which is why I think it's important to talk about Tumbleweed yeah. Connection. It's, it's, it's like, as far as you think of Elton John, you think of Glamour, you think of big piano, yeah, you yeah, think yeah. of, you know, like incredible lyrics, which incredible, so, like emotional intensity, too. Totally, like, yeah. And yeah. a lot of that's here. 
but it's kind of got like a little bit of a country western flavor to it a this little is bit. A, no doubt. This yeah. is very much a concept album. Sure. In yeah. a way. Totally. And he, was, he and Bernie Taupin made this when they were like 20 and 23, I think. Holy shit. Which is insane oh, to think wow. about that he was like that young. No kidding. You mm-hmm. know, he was like 22, I think, when you're, he wrote your... Bernie Taupin wrote like your song in like when he was like nineteen or twenty, and then Elton did the music when he was like twenty two, which is insane. To think that about. is insane to think about. Uh, yeah. But totally which is similar to how our director today made uh, a certain porn film when he was twenty six years old, <laughs> which is also crazy. To think it just about. makes you feel really shitty. It does. It does. Really, really it shitty. does. But then that uh, it does make you feel shitty. But then I just like. Uh, a big guy for me recently has been Eric Romare, and he directed his first movie at 40. And I'm there like, you go. We got time. Yeah, we got time. I, We're I figuring just keep it out. telling myself that the world isn't the same. That, Not at know, all. It's just that. Oh, you don't. We the don't world create, isn't the same. We don't create don't you the say? same situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but what do you guys think? Uh, what do you guys think of this? What do you, what'd you think of Tony? I loved it. So this is my first time I've ever heard the album. I think with any Elton John and Bernie, obviously, all that music is really tough to figure out what the fuck it's about the first couple spins. Yes, yes. So I kind of, I'm like, it's at the tip of my fingers right now, but it did get me thinking about like whatever was in the water between like 1965 up till like 76 or whatever. Sure. Where all these people are thinking about how fucked up things are happening in the world and returning to like the American myth of the West. It's like a British dude making a country album for whatever reason... Because Manson killed people. Whatever. Yeah. That's a simplistic way to boil it down. But it just is interesting to me that we return to that myth. Yeah, I think that's a great... For, to explain something else. To explain Vietnam. Yeah, explain yeah, yeah, yeah. Vietnam. Like, that's the... Yeah. And I think that, you know, I was looking at 19... The album's in 1970, and it yeah. was very much kind of... The ones that I were picking out was, like, James, Sweet Baby James, James, uh, James Taylor, uh, T for the Teller Man. Mm-hmm. A lot of, like... Because the end of the 60s were just so fucking tumultuous. Yeah. Uh, and the sort of, like, political reaction to that was electing Nixon. Yeah. Oh, let, let it be, too. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, let it be. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and the sort of artistic and cultural response was uh, the way to kind of get a grasp on... Um, like the kind of the, the the chaos of the sixties was going back politically law and order to Nixon. Yeah, no very doubt. Very structured, very uh, very conservative, very uh, uh, repressive, and music was very much like kind of retreating into myth almost in a way. Yeah, something that something we've talked about on the podcast before as well as though like just because the decade number ends doesn't mean that the idea. Of the we talk about this a lot. We talk about yeah, this a lot. totally. Yeah, we because t- yeah, because I mean, it's yeah. 1970 Gordita Beach or whatever. This is an album that comes out in 1970, but it's like clearly to me a 60s totally. album. It's like, so yeah. much. It so is. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, uh, no, what do you think of this album? Oh, it's great. Every, I single, love every it. single song on this album is awesome. This yeah. is a very big Noah yeah. album, I felt. It 100% is. And, like, I... My roommate once was asking me, like, what my Mount Rushmore of, like, like artists, like, musical artists would be. Yeah. And, like, I think, even though it's, like, probably pretty, like... Was it Visco Girl? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Visco Girl. Visco yeah. Girl. To say, I mean, Kendrick Lamar is up there. Yeah. You've yeah, got yeah. Billy Joel, which I've yeah. once heard that someone say that like Billy Joel's like the most overrated artist of all time, and I couldn't believe I that. I can't get with that negativity around Billy Joel, man. No, have you been to a what jo- a clock of shit. We're too humorless to like Billy Joel these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, have you been have either of you guys been to a Billy Joel concert? You live behind yeah. Wrigley, so you probably heard them all the fucking time. I wonder if he was there while I was living around. He was there. I saw him I saw him at Wrigley with Gia 
it in like 2014. Oh no shit! Yeah, I've never seen him. Though. He puts on a pre- he puts on a pretty good show, and at the very least, it's fun to be in like a re- in like a same space as like four thousand people. Sure, and, and that all know the same song. Know the yeah. same song and know exactly. every single song. And like yeah. even like when he does like deep deep cuts, quote unquote. Like if he did Vienna, I'm sure everyone at that oh, concert yeah. would know Vienna. A, yeah. You know, everyone would probably know Stiletto. Everyone would probably know Zanzibar. Like it's just like if you like Billy Joel, you're all in on Billy Joel. Yeah. Um, and then, like, you know, probably, El- I don't know who that number four on the Mount Rushmore is going to be, but Elton is up there. Elton, yeah. Elton is one, if not one of my, in my top ten, uh, probably in my top five. Definitely, you know? definitely. Like, he's one of my favorites of all time. Uh, I'd be hard-pressed to name a more beautiful song than Tiny Dancer. You know, it's just an incredible <sighs> yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so to listen to an entire album, and he's interesting because he's gone through phases, just like any, like, artist who's yeah. in time. He's yeah. gone through interesting phases. Like, you know, he had, you know, some serious substance problems, and no, he comes geez. back with, you know, I'm still standing, and then he does, like, Nikita in, like, the 80s and stuff, which yeah. is very like, like kind of island period. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and he's just gone through all these different iterations, and when he's a younger man, you know, I think it's a lot more like, how am I going to get established? And then he's, like, in mm-hmm. it, and it's like, how am I going to do this thing? And I remember when I was a kid, my dad had in the in his closet in his office, he had a box full of old records, and he oh, had boy. Elton John's Greatest Hits, and I was yeah. like, That's oh, a wow. great album. It's a great That's album. A great, that may be the best compilation. Ever. Ever. And it's so, I would put money on that, honestly. Wow. My, What's on it? What is on it? So, are you talking about the one that's like him with him, the yellow... It's blue. And yeah, the white hat. Well, yeah. so what, what was amazing to me about that is I was like, oh, that's weird that a Greatest Hits album is on record, and then I looked yeah. at it, he had a Greatest Hits album out in 1976. Yeah. <laughs> he had yeah. enough... <laughs> Yeah, he had enough greatest yeah. hits to have a fucking record made, produced, distributed, yeah. bought, and celebrated, and he wasn't even partway done with his career. That's fucking nuts. Can it's you nuts. imagine like Halsey's greatest hits? <laughs> Billy, Definitely not. Uh, Billy, 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 Island, Billy Eilish's, Island, Billy Eilish's, yes. Billy Eilish's Red greatest Orange hits. County's greatest hits. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh, so Seriously, Elton John's yeah. greatest hits. Uh, five stars on all music. No shit. Okay. Side one. Your song. Okay, good. Love it. Banger. Number two, Daniel. Banger. Heat. Daniel. Oh, Number God, three, yeah. Honky Cat. Banger. Banger. Yeah. Four, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Banger. Okay. Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. Yes. Fucking banger. Yeah. Flip it over to side two. Flip it over. Rocket Man. Oh, banger. My God. Benny and the Motherfucking Jets. <laughs> banger. Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Holy mm. shit. Border Song. Amazing. And we close it out with Crocodile Rock. Jesus Christ. I don't know if you could have any, like, te- Ten better songs organized in a better way than that. It's incredible. To, to sort of get a career. Like, I'm always trying yeah. to do, like, kind of on Spotify, like, because my mind on Spotify is just, like, I'd like to go burrowing and find things. Mm-hmm. But when I have, like, my, like, when I'm like, okay, maybe there's, like, ten songs by, like, Alex Cameron or Mitski or St. Vincent that I kind of ever want to listen to ever when I need them, I've been doing that and, like, kind of cycling through. Uh, and I can't imagine, like, I'm, so like, just getting that that structure is so perfect, and it's like, this is, I think, the thing that I'm after. <laughs> yeah. Chasing this feeling yeah. of listening top to bottom yeah. Elton John's greatest hit. Dude, it's fucking crazy. It's not chronological, it just jumps around. No it does, God. and I'm, it. I'm sorry, 74. Yeah, 74. 1974. So, um... He wasn't even... I mean, what? It's what? What year are we at? 2019? Yeah. yeah. That's, like, like, like 35 years later. Yeah. You know? and he's st- Or 45 years later, excuse me. And he's still, like, he has so much of a career life. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, I think that this is just, like, kind of a great, especially from this period of his career, this is kind of, like, this is always the one that I feel is kind of, like, the hidden gem, almost, in a way. 
Because um, if you're just looking at his like stretch of the seventies, it's like this the early part of the seventies. You got like your uh, everything on that greatest hits. Yeah. And notice there's not a single song from Tumbleweed Connection. And I think what's so interesting about Tumbleweed Connection is it does feel very interior and personal in a way that interior and personal, but not surrounded by your typical Elton John kind of glossy production. Not glossy. I'm saying, I don't want to sound insulting or like, this is not what I love about Elton John, but like the kind of bombastic production that Elton John No, I see what you're saying. There are like less obvious cuts on this album. Yeah, yeah, It's like, you know. And Marina's probably not going to make the A side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, Country Comfort is a... Country Comfort rips. Country Comfort. Oh my God, I was re-listening that this morning. Oh my Uh, God. It rips. I think Son of Your Father is probably my favorite song off the album, to be honest with you. I'm stuck between... uh, I'm between Country Comfort and Marina and just Burn Down the Mission. Burn Down the Mission is a, I mean... Because Burn Down the Mission was my way into this. I heard this on the radio in like 2016 or something. Okay. And at that point, I was like, twenty maybe 2016 or something. At that point, I was like so, uh, uh, I thought I had seen the entire world at that point because, you know, I was like (laughs) 18 or whatever. No, no, no. It must have been like 2014. It was like 2013, I mean. It was like right before college. I was like, oh, I've seen the entire fucking world. I'm about to go on the train to the big city and I heard Burn Down the Mission for the first time. I was just like, yes, this is it. I found it. I have a yeah, for sure. This is the peak of music. Uh, Wait, I might be a dumbass. Was this a you pick? Or this was this... a me pick. Oh, this was a you pick. Yeah. Oh, you crushed it. Killed <laughs> <laughs> it. No, I would have never yeah. come Hell up with yeah. That. I, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm never. so excited. I was. Never. I will. I mean, there's been times on this, times on this pod. Listeners of the pod will know, but Sonny has not listened to the pod yet. Where I've brought something onto the show, and Noah's just been like, "What the fuck? Who are you? <laughs> you fucking weirdo? <laughs> why'd you why'd you force me to watch Jennifer's body? Watch Jennifer's body, folks. That is, dude. Yeah. I have never seen. I love Jennifer's body, and I you don't need. Uh, <laughs> we are opposite sides of this. Yeah. I really think it's. I think it's really I, special. Yeah, I really I like it. it. Uh, but I think it's. Is this a recommendation all around for yeah, us? Yeah, a fucking hundred percent. Oh yeah, for t- yeah, totally. You guys yeah. love it. Okay. Yeah. There's like, I mean. Listen, if you've never heard an Elton John album, first of all, what 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 the hell? It's so, that's the thing is it's what like I'm just jealous, I guess. Elton John is like we covered it it's Elton. Yeah, yeah, Elton John's kind of the guy that like like when we talked about Robert Palmer, yeah. where everybody has knows like Addicted to Love or Simply Irresistible, but yeah. we went in on his album Clues, which okay. is his I don't know it at all. Oh, that's yeah. a great album. When that when that episode <laughs> drops, listen to it, listen to us gush about it and then listen to that album because it's a very it has some big sunny energy, I think. Love it. Love it. Uh, I think you'd really like that album. <laughs> and uh, but that's the thing that I think that a little goal of mine on this podcast is like, you know, everybody has these Everybody has some sort of uh, 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 connection with Elton John. He's one of yeah. those omnipresent guys. Totally, yeah. You know, yeah. uh, you go down the street, you ask seven people if they've heard an Elton John song, you're going to get at least six people saying that. Or what's your favorite Elton John song? Yeah, exactly. And you're going to get exactly. a different answer from Exactly. He's, and I think what's so interesting about uh, Tumbleweed Connection is it is like kind of you leapfrog over it almost. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's worth it if you want just a better understanding of Elton John as an artist. This is a good, it's a yeah. good one to be. Uh, not a place yeah. to start, but definitely, definitely a place, not. No. Definitely start a place with the greatest to hits. Start with the greatest hits. Start with the greatest hits. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. God, Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Also that's a great thing. like, I feel like 90% of people already know his greatest hits. Like, yeah. I think the greatest trick Elton John has pulled is figuring it's out a way to, like... convincing the world he doesn't do exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's all, man. I really... Is seeing Joker every I watch, day. I watch, I watch, he watches Joker every day. 
his favorite but movie. But he's, he's figured out a way to, like, reinsert himself into, like, the cultural imagination, like, every 15 to 20 years. And somehow. that's being conservative. Somehow, yeah. You know, like, between Rocket Man or, like, Lion King, where now there's, like, a whole people that only know Elton John because of, like, Lion King I think songs. that was how like, I... Shit. That was the first time I heard about Elton John. I gear... I mean, yeah, I'm you know, not, like, like being you know, a fucking Elton less John than 10 and, years old and, like, yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. love Elton John. Elton John and Tim Rice. And then, like, yeah. you know, you listen to classic rock radio with your parents or whatever. Right. You hear Rocket Man or Crocodile Rock. Like, I have this, like, this insane memory and this insane recall of being, like, maybe two or three at, like, uh, the county fair and hearing the... Sure. Like, uh, around when, uh, like, the Gravitron or whatever. Like, just oh, yeah. Standing there, like, in, like, not the dead of night, but, like, I don't know, 8 o'clock, it's dead at night. And then, like, just a couple years later, however long time it came, time it was, I heard Crocodile Rock, and I'm like, oh, that's what that song is. Yeah. Found it. Right. Uh, but that's the thing with Elton John is, again, he's, like, kind of this, um, he's, uh, kind of like God. He's omnipresent. It's no shit. Yeah. So, regardless, or, uh, putting Lion King aside, because obviously you watch Lion King when you're, you know, in the womb still and you yes. know who you're <laughs> but I remember hearing Crocodile Rock saying like my dad being like this is Elton John this is Crocodile Rock by Elton John listening to it and being like oh this is just a great song yeah and yeah. then just like going down that road but I remember very vividly like you guys remember okay here's something crazy oh boy here uh, we go so we, I love when you prelude with this there's <laughs> something a little wacky um we didn't have iTunes in my house not for some weird religious reason really. <laughs> but like we just didn't have iTunes for whatever reason we didn't have iPods wow. we had Napster when Napster became wow. not illegal so oh we, wow and yeah. so what my what the plan my dad was, was a big Kazaa guy do you guys remember Kazaa I remember Kazaa what oh, is Kazaa it was like Napster, I guess, but just different and worse somehow. But yeah. For whatever reason. My, you like download yeah. songs individually. Wow. And they're like titled all fucking, you know, like Yeah, no and it would be like on. Led Zeppelin Paranoid or something. Yeah, You exactly. know, like there'd be like totally. So it was just like one rung up from LimeWire basically. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, it was the, the yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So but you so had I, Napster. We had Napster and I remember, we used to do the thing, you know, it was basically just iTunes, but like. You know, we didn't have iPods. We had these things called... They were SanDisk, Sansa MP3 players. Oh, my God. And they oh were just, boy. like, rickety and, like... But I loved it. It was awesome because I didn't yeah. know any different. I was, like, eight, nine years old. It was awesome. But then I remember you could, like... we. Had, it was actually predates Spotify in my mind because uh -huh. my dad was like, oh, instead of, like, buying music individually, I'm just going to sign up for this monthly plan where I think I pay, like... Probably at that point it was like fifteen bucks a month or whatever. Sure. Yeah. We're just gonna play pay fifteen bucks a month, and you're not going to buy songs. You're just gonna be able to like stream them, basically. Oh, so we was really ahead of the curve on that. Wow. Yes. Wow. Napster was pretty ahead of the curve. At least maybe in my we gotta get your dad on the pod. <laughs> my dad would be a crazy. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, He'd be like, I got five minutes. What do you think? <laughs> uh, Should we call him up? Get him on. Let's call him up right now. I'm sure he's really busy. But uh, <laughs> but um, no, and I just remember being like. Oh, I can listen to all of Elton John. So I was just like Rocket Man, uh, Candle in the Wind, which yeah, there don't you really go. like that song very much, to be honest with you. But <laughs> and then, then you know, just whatever. And I just remember being like, oh, I'm gonna go through all Elton John. I'm gonna go through all this. But like hearing that, like on Napster of all places, that's so crazy, just crazy. And then my dad being like, so, and then me being like, that was great when I'm eight, and just being like, holy shit. But like that is like associated, like me listening. That is associated in my mind of like. Oh, there's a lot of music out there. Yeah. So that's yeah. what Elton John, at least for me, is. And I think yeah. that's part of the that's reason great. why I consider him, you know, one of like my like idols, so to speak, and far as far as like my Mount Rushmore goes. But like yeah. his music's just great. Okay. Straight up. This is awesome. Uh Love I'm it. so happy that Justin Timberlake 
brought you to Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, Sean Parker, the founder of Napster, Dude, the social network. That was the biggest leap I've ever seen that in my life. Good. No, I that was, like was good. No, I Yeah, that was good. Love it. Awesome. I'm so, pissed at you. I'm pissed we, at you on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pissed we, uh, on the pod. Have we, have we covered all our bases with Elton John? Yeah. Do we want to, so, okay. Very excited. So, this, this seed was planted for this episode. This particular episode when I got my Criterion Half Sale purchase and I got Punch Drunk Club. Mm. And we were recording the pod that day. And, and I got it came the, in the mail. It came in the mail and I was like, oh, this is my Criterion. I think we're, do, were we were doing Jack. Was that the Jack episode? Uh, it was either Jack or... Wait, Jack's the Robin Williams movie? Yeah, you we had, Dude, I love that movie. Oh, my God. We were, oh, my God. We were either doing that or we were doing... Uh, it was either that or our solo episode with Robert Palmer. No, there was somebody else. There was some. I remember somebody else being with Maybe you. Maybe Alan? Though. Maybe Alan. I think yeah. it was Alan. It yeah. was Alan because it was like last week or the week before. Oh, my God. Um, that sounds great. But I got this Punch Run Club and uh, we were talking about how much we love Punch Run Club because, uh, you know. It's, it's the best. It's, it's the best. Yeah. Probably my favorite movie. Probably the best. That's that's on Letterbox or whatever where you have to pick your four. That's yeah. my number one. Yeah. Punch Trunk Love is probably pound for pound my favorite movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's, it's kind of it's yeah. kind of flaw it's kind of flawless and like magical and ethereal in a way that you don't get a lot from the movies and you wanna Hold on to it. Hold did on you time. guys see? Did you guys see it at the New Beverly? When I missed it the other day. No, I no it but I did way. see it when I was a freshman in college. I hitched a ride with a senior who was at uh, Chapman, who was going to see. I saw it at the Ace Hotel with a live score by John Bryan. No oh, shit, fuck. that beats me. Wow, in, that sounds incredible, dude. Awesome. I love that. Incredible, and I was legitimately sitting. I don't. You guys ever been to the Ace Hotel? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay, it's like way bigger than you think it's going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting legitimately in the last possible row. Uh-huh. Holy and shit. And I could see everything. I was like a fucking eagle looking <laughs> down, like just trying to shit on people down the <laughs> But like, God. it was just incredible. Like he just was there and he was just, qui- John Bryan, and he was just quiet and he would play along and like, yeah. I mean, the score, I mean, we, we could talk, we could do a whole pot about that. We could do, but like, you've mentioned that Punch Drunk Love was like, Maybe it doesn't fall into the parameters of this one, but you said that the one that you, the one PTA movie you would want to do on the pod is Inherent Vice because you do not like that movie at all. No, and I was like, oh no, oh I got to get into this yeah. because Inherent. The reason why Sonny's on this pod is because Inherent Vice is a very important movie for our friendship. Totally. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. Like you, like we previewed. First three times I saw this movie, I saw it with you. Mm-hmm. We saw it at the the kind of Chicago premiere. Yeah. This um, Columbia sent us some tickets, and we stood in line at the iPick or whatever. We we sat down and watched the movie. Uh-huh. And then... I feel like number two, we number just two saw it like, January, it's like Landmark or something, right? Oh, is the Cisco? It, it was at the Cisco. Oh, okay, okay. And, and then, then we saw the print at the music box. We saw like the, the print 70, at the music box like yeah. two or three days before I was going to come to L.A. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Because like, I think my literal last day in Chicago in 2016 was at the Oscars at your and Mary Kate's place. That's so funny. Yeah. And then I hadn't seen it again because I had like a weird superstition about it. Like I can only watch this movie with Sonny. I can only watch this movie with Sonny. And then I watched it on a plane in like 20, going, coming back home in 2018, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I watched it again earlier in that year, this year, and then I watched it again for the podcast. So this, so we talked about Right Now, Wrong Then. Uh-huh. I'd seen that movie four times. This one trumps, I think this is, Six times I've seen Inherent Vice. Holy wow. shit. Wow. Yeah. What number are you at with this? I might be more than 10. I, I can see that for you. I can <laughs> see that for you. I, I don't know why. This is like a huge comfort movie for me. I think part of it was because during the first run, we, we saw it a lot. Yeah. And then, so that, what was that, 2014? 2014 into 15. I've watched it at least once a year since then. Okay. Um. So, 
Anytime, like, if I'm, you know, people are talking about PTA or whatever, yeah. and you want to get them into something new, because a lot of people haven't seen this, I feel like. This is kind of, so I, I think always this like this to is sit what, down this, and this is, this is Black Sheep. This is Big time. very Black yeah. Sheepy, yeah. yeah. It's his only adapt. it's his only direct adaptation. Because There Will Be Blood is based yeah, on yeah, the Elton Sinclair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's like its own thing. pretty close to the book. Have you guys read the book? Have you you, no. gave me, you gave me the book. In tw- I read the book in August 2014. Okay, yeah. So uh, it's pretty close, wouldn't you say? I mean, besides like a big plot Spiritually, thing, but like, it's close. Yeah. Uh, I can't speak to any major differences other than... Like the Vegas thing? Yeah, the Vegas and the, the alien trip. I forgot about that part. Yeah, yeah. that was the part that I remember from that yeah. book, is that, that weird alien section in the middle, but... Spiritually, I think the book and the movie are very similar. And you're also a huge Pynchon head. I love, yeah. So I got, I feel like I got really lucky when this movie was announced or whatever, because I feel like Pynchon was my favorite writer and Paul Thomas Anderson was my favorite filmmaker. Yeah. So when it was like, oh, PTA's doing Inherent Vice, I was like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, like that was huge. And I was like, oh my God. And that kind of lit a fire in my ass. And, you know, I went and read everything else he did and all that stuff. But yeah, I just adore. This. What is it about Pinchon that you like so much? I think he's very cerebral, which is not a quality I usually like look for. But like, as far as the, like, yeah. you know, Harold Bloom talks about like the four eminent writers, or whatever, that were like the American shoe ins for a Nobel Prize right. were Philip Roth, uh, Thomas Pinchon, uh, Don DeLillo, and Cormac McCarthy. And I love all those yeah, writers. Great, I, great. I, yeah. I like those writers, but I think part of them, they're always a little too cool or a little too distant for me. Yeah, I think... Or, like, too brutal. Like, in the instance of Cormac McCarthy, too brutal. Right. Don DeLillo, I think, is a little too chilly. Yeah. And I would actually extend that to Philip Roth, too. They're, like, a little... It's too much irony. Yeah, I think the um, thing... I have no firsthand experience with DeLillo or, or Roth, basically. Mm-hmm. My impression is that they're they're very much attached to kind of like urban, like urban kind of storytelling. Totally, yeah. Cormac McCarthy is very much a a Southern and like the kind of brutality yeah. of the South. Big time. And Pynchon's a guy that's very concerned with like the kind of American systems. Totally, and like but he's the, very... And the symbolism like, of being, like the American symbols in a way. Too. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I, but I think the thing in the end that I like is he's the funniest he's writer I've ever read. Yeah. <laughs> I think he has an amazing ear for dialogue. And he's very sweet and very sincere. Yes. And that's the, like, hook for me is, like, I've always thought of P.T. as a very sweet, sincere filmmaker. Yes. That's probably my yeah. favorite quality about him. And Pinchon's very sweet. Yes. You know, you talk about, like, the era after Manson and all this fucked up shit that's happening. And you can get very chilly and, like, didactic about how you, ex- like, explore that era. But he was just... He made a movie about a guy that like misses his girlfriend. <laughs> you know, sure. like it's, yeah, yeah. That's I, like, love that. it's like, I love it's that. I love that. You know, the, another movie that uh, you know, this is. It's, I love that the new Bev is doing this because it's very much like if it like this is to kind of like just maybe mix around the metaphor a little bit. This is kind of. PTA's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No doubt. For Which sure. Which is a movie you don't like very much. Oh, no. Oh, so God. I've we got to get since I learned since I, since I learned that fact about him, I've been yeah. trying to just, like, leave little breadcrumbs to get him to see, like, why this, that uh-huh. movie's just... Well, we should talk about that. What it, what it, what, like, yeah, so what is it... So okay. I love that these two things don't connect for you, because I think that that's interesting. So, um... I was uh, I was in high school when Inherent Vice came out. Yeah, and I had my toes wet with PTA. Uh-huh. At that time, he wasn't really cemented as my favorite filmmaker yet. Is right. he your favorite filmmaker now? He's my favorite yeah. filmmaker. Oh, good now. for us. Look, good for us. Like he found it. <laughs> I love it. I remember watching Punch Drunk. Okay, here here's some. Okay, I'm gonna talk about my dad one more time. Yeah, Master, Master comes out in 2012. Yeah, yeah. 
And I remember when Netflix would actually send you DVDs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I ordered it off Netflix. And I was like, Dad, will you watch this movie with me? Yeah. I didn't really know it was a PTA movie. I didn't really know, you know, what I was really Interesting movie into. to watch with your dad, but keep going. <laughs> yes, it is, because it's, it's essentially okay. a breakup film. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and about very, a guy and his dad. About, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And so I remember we watched it. It's like, you know, almost two and a half hours long. Mm. It's very transfixing. And I remember sitting there going, oh, shit, I just saw a fucking classic. Yeah. And then I remember looking wow. over... Wait, on your first viewing, you felt that way? Wow. Yes, 100%. Wow. Wow. Yes. Little, like, younger Noah was smarter than me at that point. No I shit. I watched that movie, and I was like, what the fuck is this? This I, is garbage. I thought it was really funny, but it was... I think Ebert wrote something, like, it felt like he was closing his hand on air or something. That's yeah. exactly what I felt like. Yeah, that's like, what, there's, that's where my, there's really nothing to too. this. It's yeah. too whatever. And then yeah, the yeah. second time I saw it, I was like... Oh. Well, I think, I think that's what PTA is so amazing at, is, like, even if you don't necessarily, quote-unquote, get it the first mm-hmm. time... You're drawn back. Totally, yeah. Every single time. Yeah. And so I've seen The Master three or four times at this point. But I remember thinking to myself, what an incredible film, if for nothing else, then what an incredible two performances. Exactly. No doubt. Like, at that age, I was probably a freshman in high school or maybe a sophomore, like, early sophomore of high school. Uh But I remember sitting there going, like, I just watched something very new to myself and very different than what I normally watch. And I turned to my dad and I said, what'd you think? And he just went, that sucked. Wow. (laughs) And I just remember being like... Okay, we're done watching movies. <laughs> That's it. Like you That's know, which is which wow. is not which is not the true. Like we watch movies together, you know, all the time when I'm back. And that was but like a like, moment where you realize that you and your dad are different people. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, he's got very different tastes, but he is he has come around, you know, to some of the stuff that I do like. Yeah. And I've actually, you know, having gone through film school, I've actually developed more of an appreciation for what I'll just call like populist cinema. Yeah. You know, yeah. In a lot of yeah. ways, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. actually like I've come to appreciate where I think in like early high school and early college, I would have been like, oh, fuck it, you know? No doubt. But 100%. Like, yeah, I think I was definitely on a similar We've had a lot of conversations yeah, about yeah, yeah, this. Yeah. yeah, It's got so much value and it's absolutely necessary. That's a whole other podcast. Right. But I remember watching The Master when I was like, you know, in high school and then I'm like, oh, okay, well, what else has this guy's done? Little did I know, my freshman year of high school, I watched Magnolia not realizing it was the same director. Yeah. Wow, not, okay. Not getting it at all. Yeah. Didn't yeah. get it at all. Yeah. Like legitimately yeah. was like, why did I just watch that? Mm-hmm. Didn't get I think it at all. It's interesting because like for me, I I think Magnolia was my second PTA. Okay. And I remember buying that like you were talking in the last episode about that bookstore you used to go to where the, the oh, everyday music. Everyday music. Yeah. In my hometown there's this place, Frugal Muse, and they just had a wall of DVDs. And nice. I would just go and pick shit off the shelf, whatever I could afford. And one of them was Magnolia. Mm. And I remember putting was it, the, it on, uh, like the new line one. Yeah. That's like, oh, I have that yeah, exact yeah, same yeah. thing. The, yeah. the one DVD is the Magnolia Flower and the other is the is the fallen is the raining flower. Yes, 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 yes. And in my and I hate that they did that in the promotional material. Yeah, you know? it's... I know, and that's it like... It seems like such a... I, it was so cool when I saw that movie for the first time, When the Frogs Show Up. It's yeah, like, yeah. holy shit. Yep, yep. I had no idea that that happens. I was like, oh my... I think I've been spoiled fuck? for myself, but like, I think that had been spoiled for me at some point. Mm. In Magnolia, and I, but like, I just remember watching it, just like feeling really intensely, like just everything that PTA was working yeah. through, and what, but like just waiting for the frogs to come. When the frogs came, I was like, "Thank God!" Okay. Literally, never Thank been God. done in a movie before, and hasn't been done in a movie since. I have to have a little sidebar. Okay, I Uh-oh. own. One of the frogs. You no, do. You, know, it's on you do. Magnolia. You do. You do. Yeah, my parents got for me for Christmas. They found a lot on eBay. There were five of them. They're just like what? fur prosthetic frogs. Holy yeah. shit! And it yeah, had like this a is probably on your shelf. I love. I, I, I don't know where the other four are. I feel like my fucking ex old ladies got them. Whoa. I don't know what well, happened. They must be in a garbage can. <laughs> she has all my frogs. She has no respect. But I have one left, and I yeah. love it. Uh, it's so cool. You have like it's got like a little squid pack. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's really so, cool. So, 
uh, all to say, PTA is kind of a big guy, very financial. What was your in on PTA? I don't know if we've ever talked about this. So it's funny because I kind of came to him like in my late teens. But the, I remember the first PTA movie I remember seeing was in 2007. I saw There Will Be Blood. And my parents got it yeah. on Netflix yep. from the DVD. And we stayed up. And my brother, my mom, and my dad all fall asleep. And I watch this movie. And I'm like, holy shit, what the fuck You're is like happening? You're like 13, 14. I'm like 13, so I have no idea how to talk about it in any meaningful way. Yeah, I still don't, like, to be honest it's with you. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it was one of those big watershed moments for me where I realized that there's this is like the beginning of your taste. And it kind of happens around that age, like middle yeah. teen years. You, you kind of like... You have things that are impossible to talk about why you like them until you have enough confidence to just be like, I'm so fucking smart that this <laughs> thing is good. Yeah. Sure. And you kind of have to convince yourself that even if it's like, obviously it's not yeah. true, you, you know, really, it doesn't make any you, sense. You but really do gotta like, big dick energy is big dick energy. Totally. Like you, gotta, you gotta cultivate that energy. You man. totally have to. Even if you have small dick energy. Even if which, have, like yeah. seriously, <laughs> I gotta tell you. Oh, man. I don't, I have, well, I've been compensating. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, big compensation energy. Getting it on yeah. the fucking record on the pod, folks. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. But uh, anyways. But so anyway, it was like one of those things where, you know, everyone wakes up and they're like, God, that movie was so fucking terrible. I was like, yeah. dude, you guys didn't yeah. even get to the part where he kills a guy it? with a bowling pin. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's the fucking best. This yeah. was the best. And it's, he you can't I'm like, finishing the movie's over. I know. <laughs> and that's still one of my favorite things. I mean, I, so I saw There Will Be Blood, the spring break. I, I did this insane lost weekend thing when I was, oh my when I was a sophomore, in, my, in my sophomore year, like spring break. I'm like, I don't drink, I don't smoke, but I'm going to watch 20 movies during spring break. Oh, oh my God. fuck yeah, my wow. man. And That's I, the move. And I got the Holy list shit. and I, I, I can read you off what I watched. I Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear this. But There Will Be Blood felt like kind of like the culmination of like everything. Because like, I think sophomore, junior year, I've never devoured, like of college, I never devoured fucking like anything in the same way like yeah. i was just watching stuff all the time so here's so here's what i watched here's what i watched 21 movies from 31717 to 32617 holy shit okay, dude okay. okay so you're at like three movies a day on that one basically yeah that's crazy gus van sant's to die for okay was okay. the first one split no uh, <laughs> oh boy sucks <laughs> Uh, I kind of like Split, but we'll get into that later. That's another podcast. <laughs> that's another podcast. For just M. Night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mike Birbiglia, Thank God for Jokes. Oh, okay. Is that a stand-up or yeah, a one-man show? It's. I mean, they're all one-man shows, yeah. I feel like, but yeah. yes. The Master, which I had oh. seen already. Some of these are rewatches. Yeah. Mike Birbiglia's My Girlfriend's Boyfriend. Okay. Mike Birbiglia. Mike Birbiglia. For you. <laughs> he, he's I love incredible. Yeah. yeah, he's really funny. Breaking Away. Yeah. Oh, dude, I've never seen that. I so that's such like a that huge. Movie a lot. I know that's I got would. Some, that's got some real good boy energy. I love like sports it. movies. Yeah, that, was, yeah. that was a real guys being dudes movie. Guys being dudes. Dude, fucking yeah. throwing rocks at the quarry. It's incredible. Oh <laughs> man. Okay, I gotta go home and watch that tonight. Accidental courtesy. Daryl Davis, Race in America, which is that documentary about the African American man who befriends KKK members. Oh, oh right. Oh, yes. I remember that. Black Klansman. No. <laughs> no. No, actually. No. Uh, some Jonathan Emmy, Something Wild. Great. Oh, yes. good choice, God, my man. great movie. Tickled. Oh, I love oh, that. So good. I saw that in theaters at he's, the music he's box. The music Dude, box? I went with some friends I worked with. We all got a bottle of wine from. It was right after they opened the bar there, and yeah, we were dude. just piss fucking drunk. Oh, you gotta be like watching. And I was like, Oh my god, I was just oh great. Movie. I watched that movie, and I legitimately like. I, I was watching it. It's not long. It's, like, barely 90 minutes yeah. long. Yeah. And I remember, like, being done with the movie and, like, finally, like, you know, my shoulders drop and my look at my hand and my hand is, like, 
fucking white. I had been white knuckling my couch watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Arthur Hiller is it? Yeah, Arthur Hiller's The In Laws. Oh my god, I love that movie. I need to see that. I love that. You love The In Laws? Okay, I'll Oh my god, it's so funny. I gotta give it another watch. Alan Arkin and Walter Matthau, right? Peter Falk. Peter Falk, that's right, duh. Oh my god, dude. Hilarious. I'm sure I'll love it. Then There Will Be Blood. Okay. Squid and the Whale. Okay. Incredible. Incredible. Don't Look Now. Love it. Love it. That's Love on the it. We're, yeah, big Nick Nick Reg heads here. Is and it Rogue? Reg? How do you say his last name? Nick Rogue? Ringier? Well, I'm I, not so, sure. Well, I'll get no, into this. Yeah. This I, is too bad. This, this, is, bad. this <laughs> is bad. This is bad. Because <laughs> I like, no, I know his movies really well, and I have no idea what yeah. his last name is. <laughs> Ex Machina, which I had seen before, but good. it's just yeah. a great good movie. movie. Yeah. Diner. Love it. Diner's ah, fun. Great. Yeah, Barry Levinson. Went with Dustin to the new Bev, and we watched The Cowboys. Which is a western with it's an old John Wayne oh. western, but like old John Wayne like western. Like before Stagecoach. Like, no, it's like it's like a, the Twilight. It's like Twilight. Yeah, it's Twilight. It's like John oh, Wayne. old John Wayne. Oh, like True Grit uh, era. John, yeah, uh, I only know that movie because of the John Williams score. Mm. Did he do the score for that? He did the score for that. Oh, sure. Speaking of compilations, I I listened to the John Williams compilation like soundtrack when I was like too like young. Like it's really imprinted in me, and that theme just like just comes in sometimes. Yeah. As a as a movie that is literally called The Cowboys, directed by Mark Rydell, who the only other thing he did of oh, note was uh, the on Rose. Golden Pond. Oh, oh, The Rose. Yeah. On Golden Pond. And Pond's. on Golden Pond's good, he's yeah. The, uh, he's uh, the gangster in Long Goodbye, too. That's, wait, the guy? The guy that smashed the coat bottle. Oh my god. Yeah. Her I love, that's, you I don't even like. Yeah, it's this like is like my favorite somebody lines. I love, you I don't even like. Uh, no, well, wait, that's Mark that's Rydell. Mark Rydell. I, wow. I'm such a little prankster. Anyways, keep going. Yeah. The Cowboys, then Francis Haw, Hell yeah, okay. baby. Incredible. Secret Honor. Love oh, that movie. Nixon's yeah. the one, Shouts baby. out to Nixon, Nixon again, the baby. One. That would be a good double feature with Inherent Vice. Oh, up. Secret, Secret Honor would be a great... Uh, yeah, because it's like minimalist, maximalist. Oh my god. That same. Was, 70s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, was, I, that, I was going insane watching Secret Honor. I yeah. fucking hated it's it. It's a no fucking way. It's a yeah. fucking oh head trip, god. man. It's a I fucking love head movie. I love that Okay, so keep going, but I want to... I'm going to make note of something. There's three more. There's three more. Okay, okay. Blade Runner at the New Art. Great. With Dustin and Alan Macchiarolo and this other guy that named Jake Duggar. Uh, the movie Weekend by Andrew Hay, mm-hmm. which is... Oh, great. That was the first before Sunrise type movie that I ever saw. I have oh, wow. still never okay. seen Weekend. I haven't seen Weekend either. I I've really like his movies. Years, and I love 45 Yeah, that was great. Weekend broke me in a, such a, like incredibly like satisfying way. Great. But I had never seen Before Sunrise before that. And uh-huh. it, is bar- it is basically Before Sunrise with two gay guys, but mm-hmm. it is absolutely incredible. And then to top it all off, A Separation. Oh my god. Which is a great movie. That, that's a tough Damn, one. Damn, that is a tough I love that movie. You were really, that was like really like, you started off like kind of kind of high and then you just ended in pure punishment. Yes, well, <laughs> Holy shit. Why didn't we talk about that? Uh, oh, because that was the Dolby Blood. Yes. Dolby Blood, yeah. Yes. But uh, no, it's great that we went on that tangent because, um, so you don't like Inherit <laughs> No, I don't. And here's, the, and here's why. Here's why. It really is pretty simple, actually. And this is going to sound really harsh, but it will make sense when I talk about it. I don't like feeling like I'm wasting my time. Mm. And in that movie, okay, while I watch okay, that film, okay. I really feel like I'm wasting my time. So what makes you feel like you're wasting your time like when you're watching it? Like, what are, what are you responding to in the movie that's... What are you seeing in the movie that's giving you that response? My lack of understanding and my lack that's of being, it. And my lack yeah, of being yeah, yeah. able 
to attach myself to something. Exactly. And okay, it's my, I think that's fair. And it's my, it's, I, movies, I'm okay if movies meander, quote unquote. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I'm okay when movies, like, Noah Baumbach, I think, is an excellent example of movies that are dialogue driven. Yeah. Because dialogue is the conflict, dialogue is the characters, dialogue yeah. is the theme, dialogue is the everything. Right. Right, right, right. And I can only handle so much meandering. Yeah. And this, to yeah. me, pushes me way over the line, and I don't care at a certain point. There's uh, a great ma- the Matt Singer uh, review on Letterbox that I love is every ticket to Inherent Vice yeah, becomes I, another ticket to Inherent Vice or a joint you will need one or the other. I actually <laughs> saw that. I thought about that and I was like, brother, I don't smoke, but I fucking might have to for this <laughs> yeah. one. Like, uh, that I think is, that those that, those are good points, and I think that like when I we this movie came out twenty I was twenty fourteen yeah we would mm-hmm. we were twenty one twenty roughly when this yeah, movie came out yeah. and I remember even though I had read the book having a very similar reaction to you at the time. I was like, yes. I don't know where I find myself in this yes. movie. Mm. Um, but I, I just, I think I kind of just like loved how lush it was. And I'm like a huge, I love history. I love just like the, the ebb and flow and the tides of history. And just like, it's kind of enough for me just to... To be in a time. Be in a time. And yeah. even if I don't like recognize other, like if, if the dialogue gets away from me, if I don't recognize things, if I can't find myself, like I understand now that, you know, Films, images, they're neutral objects. Sure. Mm-hmm. And our reaction to them is going to be our reaction to them. 100%. No matter what. And that's, like, what's interesting to me is how we are reacting to these things. 100%. Yeah, totally. Because especially with something like Inherent Vice that has been in our lives for a very long time, uh-huh. I can think back to periods in my life where I was watching this a lot and really just look in the movie and be like, oh, I remember, you know, being really attached to the kind of the, 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 the dreaminess Totally, Of yeah. California, and that just being, like, because uh, California was on my mind, like, this was this dream, this mirage, kind of. Totally. And then, as uh, I became a little more, uh, like, reading my old Letterboxd reviews, like, as I'm becoming a little more, sort of, politically minded and politically aware, and seeing, like, kind of the bend of history. Because after this, like, a couple months after this is when I get heavy into Nixon, in mm-hmm. the 70s. And I start to be like, oh, I'm seeing stuff I recognize from reading, like, Nixon Land or watching yeah. all these other 70s movies and stuff. Okay, now that's something I can latch on to, is, like, the scope of history and how things pass. And now that, like, I'm a little older, I'm, like, kind of... I put myself for the first time in Doc Sportello's shoes. Totally, yeah. Just kind of this guy who's, the se- like, the center of his own universe and, like, understands himself in, in some kind of way. Has his blind spots, of course. Uh-huh. There's a lot of stuff he doesn't understand. But he is just sort of... Um, what I love about Walking Phoenix, I was really locked into him this time watching, is that he doesn't... He, we think of him as this very physical performer, and he is. Totally. You know, the Joker dance, the Freddie oh Quell. Yeah, all the Freddie Quell <laughs> shit. But in this one, he's just kind of, he doesn't do anything. He has, like, his, like, fun walk or anything, but so much of this movie is, like, just through either shot from his perspective, uh-huh. like, over his shoulder, or he's, like, just still in the scene just letting people unload onto him. Yeah. And it's kind of taking what they're saying and sorting through it to get to the bottom of this conspiracy. Totally. And it's a lot of fucking information because it's pinch on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I guess this is like a... I feel like this is a good movie, like a barometer to kind of test um, what it is about movies that you like. Yes. And I, I talk Which about... Which is that this, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. Like, I, I... This is one of the... I think this... I'm showing a little bit of my true colors here, but I think, like, if you don't like PTA... You just don't really like movies. Okay. I, 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 I think I agree. I think like it, it's... And this I, is I the know. one movie, though, where, like, if people don't like Inherent Vice, I don't fault them at all. No, it completely yeah, makes yeah, sense yeah, yeah, to me yeah, why people yeah. don't like it. Because um, I, I feel like it's more of his, like, big out there kind of push 
past narrative to me. Yeah. And I think what this movie, I probably had realized this before, but something that I know that I don't really care about in movies is like plot at all. I kind of, I don't really, I mean, I like it when there's a nice plot that like just kind of fits together like a puzzle. Yeah. But I would, I, right now it's worth it for me just to kind of sit and just like sit and just really just focus on the image and the sound and everything yeah. that's happening around me and just be like, what are the, what are the messages I'm getting from the universe from this thing? Totally. Right yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, it's, you know, it's sometimes like I can't keep rewatching the souvenirs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. But there, you know, there's a specific point, like, you know, you watch like three to Yuma or something like the Delmar Dave's movie. And it's like, you, you are kind of wrapped up in, like, this guy's sense of responsibility and justice and blah, blah, blah. Like, bad day in black, at black rock. Exactly. Like, uh, but yeah, then yeah. there's always the point where you kind of have to push that aside because you're like, oh, but they're going to fight right now. Yeah. So I have to watch a fight for about seven minutes. And it's going to look cool and, you know, it'll be entertaining. But I kind of have to, like, let go of all the things that were hooking me in the movie. Right. Um, you know, which is obviously something necessary in movies. But something about PTA's movies in general, and especially this one, is I have the mood immediately established for me, and I just get to live in it for two and a half hours. Yeah. And the plot doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter. It is, yeah. Or its maximalist, like, thing is what it does matter. I mean, I guess we could even talk about this right now, like, what we think the plot is. Like, I mean, to me, it's like, it's, um... For me, it was this guy realizing, uh... Just, there's there's a lot going on. Oh, I know, yeah. There, I, took, I, t- I took notes. I just <laughs> Mason's notebook. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, and it's after some point, it's just like uh, it doesn't fucking matter. Lot. It doesn't. I mean, that's the thing. Is like it's. I started off like writing, and it was like just kind of just everything was just like on the page, and then gradually, the more I got into it, like my writing got a little more organized, and my thoughts became more less like. My feelings and more just like the the images and the things that were happening mm-hmm. in it, um, and just like trying to wrap my head around it. I think it's a movie about like finding finding something that is lost that yeah. could be like an ex lover, that could be uh, you know a dead partner, that could be uh, you know the dream of the sixties almost totally you know or or uh, and it's bad, looking for something. It's looking for your past while the future is literally knocking on your door. No, totally. You know, like, that's what's so great about, you know, the the, the end of the, the last scene between Doc and Bigfoot, I think, is also a good litmus test. Because the first oh time I God, watched it, I was like, this is fucking shit. hilarious. Oh then I was like, God, this is scary. This is sad. And now I'm just, now I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, this is the, the, the future breaking down Doc Sportello's store, mm-hmm. taking, like, um, swallowing and consuming everything that he loves without and uh leaving and this is another movie that i caught on to this time like the master that is has an element in it that's like doc and bigfoot are like two detectives and there's like a bit of i think an intellectual respect between them yeah even if what's keeping them apart kind of what's keeping them apart is the fact that bigfoot is a cop in la in the 60s and is a guy that is trying to live and he's a very rigid person and trying to find meaning and order in the rigidity. And I think he gets so pissed off at Doc because Doc just... Doc is beyond it. Doc is yeah. beyond it. Like, he's he's truly just, like, you know, he's just a hippie doper. He just wants to smoke weed and talk to his... Uh, and go to his uh, uh, little private... <laughs> I love that his private detective office is in a doctor's office. Yeah, doctor's and I love that yeah. Maya Rudolph plays his... Oh, the receptionist? Yeah. yeah. That stuff is really funny in the book, too, because they talk about, like... Doc- I can't remember what the, the actual doctor's name is, but it's just, like, one of those, like, B12 clinics or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, people are lying <laughs> oh, like, the get, like, shot the man. Yeah. yeah, it's, like, just a total, like... 
classic like cal like back in the day before they legalized weed like you could just line up on like in venice on the <laughs> fucking street like with people with no shoes on like going to get like medical marijuana cards and stuff which yeah. is so easy my to get big that stuff toe on. hurts yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but like you know these dudes are like shaggy hair no shoes no fucking shirt and they're like oh yeah i have a lot of anxiety and the guy's like well i have just a thing for you and then, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, that was one of the first things like, i did when i got to california yeah exactly <laughs> it's what everyone does Hell you yeah, know brother. it's like, Hell oh yeah. my Hell god, yeah, brother. Uh, it happens all the time, and I, I think it's funny that there's all that. But I don't know the the movie to me. There's that one song in there. I can't remember who it's by, but Burning Bridges, which is like one of my favorites now. But um, there's the line he talks about, like it, it's all about a guy kind of breaking up with his wife or fiance or something like that, mm. and they're talking about you know, uh, I sold the house that we planned together sure. and blah blah blah, and he's just looking through these old letters and burning them, and the whole movie to me feels like reading old letters from someone you were in love with like 10 years ago and like okay. expanding on that feeling for like all of the freewheeling hopefulness right. of the sixties. Now that we have a president that doesn't have a sense of humor, yeah. we're killing American boys for no reason in Vietnam. Uh, this guy is killing movie stars in the Hills for no reason. Yeah. This is a cult. It's like, it just, there was like a collective loss of innocence and the whole movie seems just like, okay, if the, my lover is the 60s, we're broken up. And it's, all I have is really these old letters now. And I love that it's it's structured like kind of a classic like Raymond Chandler detective story. Totally, like, yeah. You know, the dame comes into the office and brings it brings you along in this quest. Yeah. Uh, and kind of, and it, this is why like the long goodbye is a good double feature with this. But, like, For sure. I think yeah, I would yeah. double feature, like if I was going to do an inherent vice double feature, I would probably do something like a little more palatable, like. Farewell, my lovely. The Mitchell totally, one. Yeah, yeah. You know, because that one's just like very. We're like out of the past, even. Out, is out, of, the a past, out really, of the past yeah. would be a really good double feature. This is this. something I learned from your letterbox review of this. You're not yeah. a big noir guy. I hate him. Hey, oh, hey, no. okay. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to bring up is that I don't give a shit about noir mm. at all. Wow. It, I think it's so boring. Okay. I, it doesn't matter to me. Sure. So, and that's what's interesting is that so PTA post. Uh, there will be blood. Uh-huh. You've got the master. Yeah. You've got inherent vice. Yeah. And you've got phantom threat. Yeah. And don't forget John Un. And don't forget no John Un. Don't forget Anima. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget John, the Summer Girl. John Un is really good. You, Did you guys like, see John? I, I loved it. Oh my god, it's really good. I love it. But so kind of you get so he so I'm sorry. Let me let me let's rewind a little bit more. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Sorry. You've got <laughs> Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got, well, you got heartache. You've got Dirk Diggler's story. <laughs> yes. You've got whatever he was doing before. But no, so from Boogie Nights, here's his. Here's the most incredible stretch ever. Yeah. Like Boogie Nights. Yeah. Magnolia. Yeah. Which I listened to a podcast by The Ringer. Do you guys ever listen to that? Love it. Stuff? Yeah. Which one? Oh, The Rewatchables in 1999. Have you oh, yeah. listened to their Magnolia episode? Yeah, yeah. I hate it that was, movie. Yeah. I, I Sean Fantasy is defending a little bit. I think it's very fashionable to hate a movie. It's three and a half hours long. They're yeah. also, it is. And they're also yeah. dads as fuck. Yeah, and for like sure. I don't think a dad, most dads are gonna sit down and go, oh, three hour movie. My dad loves that movie now. I had to, oh, I had to sit him down for a while. Yeah. <laughs> but so you got Magnolia. Yeah, I got, a, I got a medal for you right here. Yeah, Wait, I, I got, know. Seriously, I'll have to hand it to Wait, you. I got, I got an Oscar <laughs> yeah. for you, real quick, Bob. Oh, come on. Uh, oh, get the best. <laughs> <laughs> best dad to give it. Yeah, we have to explain this to the to the listeners. This is right? part of my Hollywood best BFF. Yeah, oh I'll God. explain off my why I have amazing. this, but that's uh, you give that to your dad. <laughs> Love it. Um, but, so, so anyway, yeah, yeah, Boogie so, Nights in '97. Yes, Magnolia in '99. Yes, uh-huh. which holy shit, what a yeah. movie! What any filmmaker would be lovely would be lucky to have one of those. One of those. Yeah. Then he goes. You know what? 
I'm going to do the antithesis of Magnolia in form, and I'm going to make yeah. a 90-minute romantic comedy inspired by Jacques Tati films and probably yeah. like Jacques Demi and like yeah. all that other shit. Yeah. He makes Punch Drunk Love. And, which, uh, and uh, what's like it called? That, that Godard movie I'm fucking forgetting now. Uh, uh, a Woman is a Woman. Do you guys oh, ever I see that? I've never seen that. that oh, it's really good. And okay. looks just like Punch Drunk Love. Interesting. It okay. looks just fucking like it. Godard it's, is, yeah. again, we're, here, we're serving him up. Don't like that guy either. Not a huge <laughs> Godard guy. I have like a weird relationship with Godard. I'll rewatch a lot of his movies and I feel like it's always good to st- like it I it's my perfect antidote to when I'm like my seen it all phase yeah like, oh, I've seen every good movie blah 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 I'll just like rewatch Godard because he's really sharp but he doesn't move me I guess no, you guys have the same thing I'm like more Truffaut than Godard yeah. if you have to pick one yeah, exactly, exactly. but like exactly he, but he's way more stylish than Truffaut ever was yeah, yeah to a certain extent he's and much so more experimentally like, stylish totally yeah but so you get so you get any get punched on glove and then he says, I'm going to take five years, and then yeah. I'm going to release There Will Be Blood. Yeah. yeah. Which some would say is the best movie of the 21st century. So far. You have to say it. I mean, it's the greatest. I mean, yeah. what else is there? Some right. would say, I'm not Avengers say, Endgame! That's my favorite movie of all time. That's my favorite movie of all time, Avengers Endgame. But no, but then, so he does that. It's like, what the fuck else can you do? Then, I think ever so... I'm going to argue, starting in Punch Drunk Love, uh-huh. his movies start to do something very similar to what Tarkovsky movies do, sure. which is where you just start hypnotized. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that... I wouldn't say Boogie Nights is hypnotizing, and I also wouldn't say Magnolia is hypnotizing, mm-hmm. but I, in the same way that you start to see his movies once the 21st century. But those movies are like Coke movies. They they're are, just yeah. They're full they're of more energy. more than anything. Even Punch Drunk Love, I think, still has some of that, like, cokey energy. It is, but that's kind of like him working it out of his system, in a way. Yeah. And then he gets to There Will Be Blood, which is, you know, that. And, then, like, he, yeah, and yeah. then he does The Master. Because, like, you listen to... Uh, he does The Master, keep going. Well, I was just going to say, from I think from Boogie Nights to The Master, that's what? Is that, that's six Five movies? Five or six. Five yeah, or yeah. six movies. Holy shit. Like, every one of them's, like, ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Masterpiece. Yeah. Grand slam home run. Win the World Series. Break the curse of the Bambino. Yeah. yeah, Break the curse of the Cubs. You know, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Then he does this movie... And I'm like, are you fucking joking? And then he gets to to Phantom Thread, and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to like this movie. It's a period piece about British fashion. Mm -hmm. There's no way. And then I go in and I like the movie a lot. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, he got me again. Got me again. And it's inherent vice that to me is a black sheep. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like him to me. In a lot of ways, it does feel like him. But in a lot of ways, to me, what that man represents in my life, it doesn't feel like the same guy. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that it is a... Mm -hmm. Is it Pynchon? Is that how you say it? I think it's Pynchon, Pynchon. Yeah, I I say it differently every day because I I don't know. You got that guy going on. And that's really where that comes from. And I actually really tried to read The Crying of Lot 49. And I really hard put that book down really fast. That's not your favorite Pynchon. No, I I don't like that one as much. But I'm only writing here in Bison Lot 49. I like Lot 49. I don't think there are any of his books that I don't like. Right. Um, and I've read them all. But I... I don't know. I get... I see, again, this is what I was saying earlier about, like, people not liking Inherent Vice, I completely understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that it's, it's, like, such a specific tone or whatever. But the, I think the thing I will disagree with is, to me, this feels like ultimate PTA. Oh, wow. Where, like, he's right. not... He doesn't have to do, like, his... This is hard because he's like my god, but sometimes yeah. he's a little he he I think he leans on this thing sometimes that's a little bit uh 
like something completely absurd in an otherwise very realistic situation. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't really do that in Inherent Vice because the whole thing is absurd. Yep. Yeah. And it feels like he gets all of his manic energy out, but very sweet and sincere. And every That's time I watch thing. him, my heart like, aches. Watch, like, oh, yeah, you watch like it. Magnolia. Like I like it, it's in, like this is kind of I would agree with you that this is the ultimate PTA movie because it's about California in the seventies, which yeah. is when he grew up. Right. You know, and Boogie Nights is also about California in the seventies, but that's charting like the rise and fall of a star, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's his, like, when, you know... It's a star is born. It's a star is born, in yeah. a way, yeah, in a way. And I Mag- feel like yeah. Inherent Vice is kind of like, obviously Magnolia is his blank check movie, yeah. okay. but Inherent Vice is kind of like his blank check movie. Who the fuck did he think was going to go see this movie? Yeah, like, I know, the, right? And who, who would care if he was, if you're him, who cares? I yeah. know, and yeah. I can't believe people gave him money for this. Like, it just is completely unsellable. I really want to know, like, really know how he gets this shit together, man. No like, shit. I, I'm so, like... Because, like, I'm watching it, and I'm like, he's not... But the thing is, I don't think he's doing it. He's doing... Putting probably just the right amount of money into recreating the time. And just, like, yeah. maybe, like, just really going out and looking for places that look old. Yeah. That you can just, like, kind of get one more time. Right. Um, like, there's this great... There's a great little detail I picked up on this in this rewatch that I loved was when in the... Uh, the uh, uh, the Bigfoot commercial at the beginning. Oh, like, the yeah, Channel View Estates Channel View Estates, yeah. yeah. The, uh... What's the, uh, <laughs> uh, like, the... Beautiful view of the... Like, <laughs> oh, the flood control channel? The flood control channel, yeah, 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 yeah. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> Out of sight. <laughs> um, there are three things that I actually do like about this movie. Yay! Yeah, 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 yeah. I wrote them down so you know yeah. it's legit. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> so, for the listeners at home, Noah has a note in his phone called Things I Actually Do Like About Inherent Vice. Oh my god, I love it. Number okay. one, the use of music. Can't go wrong with Johnny Very good. Johnny Greenwood's score and great... Soundtrack choices. Also, the Unreal. the can vitamin C drop where it goes into the title card yep. is like the best. I think is the best title That's it. card I of all I time. It's the neon, so the neon, good. It's oh hard. It's, it's hard to argue with that. To it's be honest, so with you. Yeah. Good. it just gets you fired up, especially after watching a scene that. So I've read the book three times. I've seen this movie. I don't even know how many times. I have no idea what she's asking him to do in the beginning scene. What the fuck is he talking? I don't think she she knows in the scene what she's asking. Yeah. Like, well, there's. I think it's all in the line. Are you still trying to figure out if it's right or wrong, Shasta? Yeah. She goes, it's more than that, or it's bigger than that. And that's that's kinda, the whole. That's what yeah. I also like about this. It, it, it is very. A lot of this it, this movie is like about Doc coming to an understanding about everybody that he lives with in a way, mm-hmm. and understanding the people in his life that in a way that he because he start like the kind of essential question at the beginning is like, who is this girl and what does she mean to him? And that's the kind of art. That's the kind of. Personal joy during that. Yeah. Uh, you like the use of music? Yeah, yeah. I like yeah, the yeah. use sorry, of music. Sorry. And actually, now that you're saying that, I think another reason maybe why this doesn't work for me is, and there are exceptions, I can't think of any at the moment, but I don't really like passive protagonists very much. Mm. So like, that's why you don't like noirs, is because they are passive. They're very passive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The reason I don't really care for a movie that a lot of indie darling people love is Lars and the Real Girl. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Lars in the Real Girl. It doesn't work for me at all. I, I kind of have, yeah, I haven't seen it because I just look at that and I'm just like... That's funny, though. You really like, like, Francis Ha and stuff, though. And I do Spino. like that, yeah. So I feel like they're pretty passive in those movies. I, she goes to Paris and just sleeps for two days. Like, I think she's... I think she's, her, well, she's, she's, she's looking she's for something. She's after that's something. True, yes. That's true. She's that's after, true. like, trying to figure out what am I going to do with and the, the thing with the And yeah. the thing with detective stories is that the character doesn't know what they're looking for. Exactly. And they're going to find... That's, you know... Yeah. 
Um, the period design and attention to detail within that design. No I mean, doubt. that's just so well done. Awesome. I mean, and it's so funny too. When you see any other period movie against like, if PTA's covered the, the period in one movie and you watch another movie in the same period, it just looks like plastic. 100%. Yeah. It's like yeah. wildlife versus the master. You're just like, oh no, Paul no. Dano, come on. Oh, did you, you like that movie? No. You didn't? The, okay. The, the I thought it was, movie. I don't know, I feel bad talking shit about it, but it's like, it's, you know. I, 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 it, I think it's a good debut. It's a good. It's a really good debut. But it's yeah. the same kind of thing of like why I like Pinch on versus why I like Philip Roth. That's a Philip Roth movie. Inherent Vice is a Pinch on movie. 100%. It's a. It's there's no sweetness or sincerity or feeling. It's very intellectual and chilly. And yeah. I just don't. I don't respond to movies like that. But that's I feel like it's so very in, well made. That's I, so interesting that in that, my in, in my mind you calling uh, Inherent Vice like a like a like a feeling film. I like feeling film. Totally, yeah. It's a feeling film. I don't think about it like that at all. To I me, think the whole it, movie is about a guy a guy who's got a girl wrapped around his finger and he can't figure out why. And he, I think we all have people like that. Totally. And 100%. then it's it's his only movie that's not father son. It's mother daughter. And I guess Phantom Thread yeah. is mother son. But or, uh, I'm sorry, father-daughter. Father, or like husband-wife. Yeah, but there's a lot of that. I mean, she goes, there's the great scene where he's sitting with Sorleage to join a Newsome character, and she's like, what's on your mind, I Doc? I love Sorleage. Yeah. That's an, and that's amazing stuff not in the book, that whole thing. No, because it's, she brings in like the Pinchonian kind of uh, astral, cosmic, yeah. place, the understanding, the kind of... The, 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 the soothsayer, the person that's seeing things totally. before they happen. Well, she's very mysterious in the book. Like, there's the Ouija board scene in the book, but he just ends up taking prose and putting it in Joanna Newsom's mouth. Which is... Like, the, she came up the back way the way she was used to, blah, blah, blah. That's, like, just from the prose I, book. Yeah, I just, but anyway, there's yeah. that, that one scene where she's like, what, what do you have on your mind besides the usual... And he's like, baby blues, you know, a, a, yeah. a, a father not getting to see his baby girl, whatever, that doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. That's like something that I feel like the movie kind of like rolls around, you know? Yeah. Um, there, I, there's like three, there's three things I think that really revolve the movie for me. It's one of them is the, the girlfriend from the past. The other one's the dad and the daughter. And the third one is the idea that people who rent or don't own property are lesser than people who have capital. Yeah. And there's like a bunch of different things that kind of suggest that more so in the book. I mean, in the book, you probably remember like Mickey Wolfman has, um, this idea for a huge tract of free land, like free housing okay. in Vegas or he, just outside yeah, of Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in the book, in the movie, it's hinted at that they like send him to the loony bin because you know, he has his acid trip he, and he becomes like, a hippie. Yeah, and he has like, these like hippie ideas. Housing yeah. should be free. And they're like, no, 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 you don't yeah. do that. And then at the end, Japonica's dad is like, you people lose any claim to respect the first time you pay somebody rent. Yeah. That's what rich people actually think like a, all the yeah, time, yeah. all the time, you know, like, so those three things I feel like are enough to chew on for me to like sit through. Yeah. That and I think so. you, you watch this, and you see like kind of the beginnings of how uh, like the kind of strategic alliances of the next 50 years play out. It, totally. On the fast. Where it's like yeah. the people that are together against the hippies are the capitalists, the police, mm-hmm. the white nationalists. Exactly. Uh, and all these the people military, kind of like, yeah. I'm not to get too whatever didactic on the pod, but like it lays the framework for Reagan in like a pretty cut and dry yeah. way. Yeah. That you is know? very interesting. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I just love this movie, man. Like, I, I respect, yeah. like, why this doesn't speak to you. Yeah. <laughs> and one day you will bring a podcast, a uh, movie on the podcast, and I'll just be like, can't see you on this one, buddy. I don't know. But it hasn't happened yet. Hasn't happened yet. You've been pretty good at getting into, into my heart and soul so far. The third thing that <laughs> yeah, I really like, do like about this movie is Martin Short. Oh, my God. He's great. Me, uh, yeah. It, it's hard to say best performance, but it's the one that I miss the most. <laughs> 
Because it's just it's so a, he, it's crazy. He's like a firecracker. He just comes and explodes and then it's gone. Yeah. It's probably like pound for pound, like the five minute, like jokiest stretch of the movie too, yep. where it's like, it almost becomes like sitcom-y. It feels like, like Marx Brothers a little Dude, bit. Dude, that's totally. The, that's yeah. the coke Or like Zucker Brothers. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Quite, like, I mean, that's like one of my favorite shots is where they have the pharmaceutical yeah, like the blow on the thing. The Scorsese, like fast zoom in. Yeah, they like ramp up. He's yeah. like, oh, well, just to be social. Sorry, this Scorsese shoemaker, I'm sure that they both collaborate. Yeah, I'll do that. Apparently, Martin Scorsese is a sexist. It has never worked with a woman before. Oh my god, I was just reading about that. The other Whoa! <laughs> the discourse is down. exhausting. Oh my god, the discourse is exhausting. But it's your favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. I can't help the discourse, man. <laughs> I love to read it and just like be pissed off. You know, my thing is, I feel like I have ascended the discourse, and I can look at it objectively and be Whoa. like, yeah. "Y'all aren't gonna feel this way in two years, right? Y- y'all, like everybody that's getting mad at Martin Scorsese is gonna like you're gonna see two or three bad Marvel movies in a row, and then you're not gonna buy any." Just talk about being on the wrong side of history too I, you know whatever I know that the Marvel movies are like it's obviously oh, they, a huge audience yes. and whatever they're entertaining they, stuff, they certainly like, do make a lot of money yeah exactly they certainly <laughs> do have a big cast they do yeah. <laughs> most of them I've seen all do. I've seen all of them in theaters I really can't like be too like you know on my high horse about it because I do I have seen most of them in theaters but it's just like all I can really say about them is they certainly do make a lot of money. But a lot of it is... And they're fun. And they're fun. A they're lot fun. of it is gr- is great, you know? I think... But yeah, I know. And we brought it up on the podcast earlier that we can't, like... When we're talking about movies, when we're when we're getting our heads around what this this cinema thing is, like, mm-hmm. your fucking Star Wars is are just as important to defining cinema as, uh, like, a La Jetée or something. Totally, yeah. You know? Yeah. You've got to kind of take it... And that's, like, the point that... That was... That's the whole thing with Martin, Martin Scorsese's point. Yeah. That was his point. Was it's just like they're fun. The Marvel movies are fun. They're not bad. A lot yeah. of hard work goes into them. But you got to eat your vegetables. To- exactly. You like know? I mean, I, it's hard because it's like we just think superhero movies Inherent are bad. is a movie with a lot of vegetables totally. and meat. It's like a perfect five course meal. Like this is just I, gobble yeah. gobble gobble. It's, it's like a Cornish game hand. <laughs> it feels really great. It's and, the and like I gotta pump my, and... I gotta shield myself from God before I eat it. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it, you know we would feel this way. About, I mean, what if every movie was like inherent vice? Oh, we're, I would lose my fucking mind. They were doing like mind. 70s period pieces with whatever. I'd be like, fuck these movies. Dude, these I'm movies so suck. Yeah. And that's kind of, I mean, the whole Marvel thing is just. It's oversaturation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, if every movie is a superhero movie, then I'd get tired. Just like, I love Westerns. Yeah. If every movie is a Western, I'd be fucking pissed. You know, I wouldn't yeah. want to go to the movies. Well, did anymore. you see Logan? Did you know Logan's secretly a Western? <laughs> Have you heard that Logan is secretly a Western? <laughs> Have you heard that Once Upon a Time Hollywood's actually a Western? <laughs> I, don't, I don't follow that one. Who do people say that? No, I, 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 no I've read that. I've read that. Oh, that's real? Yeah, and I'm like, I can't really, I can't buy it. I suppose there's a significant portion of the runtime that's devoted to watching a fake western yeah, or, just, or multiple fake westerns <laughs> I, was, I was just watching <laughs> FBI just yeah. a, just being a fuckhead I didn't know that anyone actually did a western I wonder if they do that's really funny you know uh, you got like, like the Kangaroo Jack is actually a western <laughs> <laughs> my favorite movie that's a movie we gotta bring on the pod Kangaroo Jack, Jack. yeah, yeah be, I, I feel like we should do like an April Fool's where we just bring bad movies on there Air Bud 2 April. is better than Bull Durham <laughs> I mean, I mean, what to say? oh my god uh, is anything else that we want to say about inherent vice i think that whether or not we come to a conclusion on if it's like a good movie or not i think we all understand each other's perspectives on without this, a doubt which is yeah. like and which is what's really important for me with this and the fact and like you know at a certain point like i remember like i had this teacher in high school or maybe it was even college i can't remember but at one point they were like whether you like the thing or don't like the thing mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter yeah and yeah. i think that that's really true i think in this podcast it's important to talk about why or why you don't like something yeah but i think at the end of the day me not liking this movie doesn't matter. 
to be yeah. honest with you. I, I just it's just not a movie that I can recommend. <laughs> like is what we do at the end. We say I recommend it or uh, I don't. I don't recommend this. Sonny, how do you feel about this movie? I recommend it. I, I two fucking thumbs up. I man. recommend it. Give it. I would. I recommend it. And I also say if it's a little frosty at first, just pay attention to what you notice, and then the second time, see what you notice the second time. I think this is very much like. What I like about the master is it's uh, it's kind of him letting go of his daddy issues almost in a way. Mm-hmm. It's is maybe his most like kind of just psychologically intense, most cerebral movie. Yeah, uh, and that is also like kind of from that point on in his career, these his movies become a little more like kind of like psych like less like bombastic, less like kind of showy and filmy. Yeah, and a little more like what is at the the heart and the center of these folks. Yeah. And what is really bringing them together or driving them apart? And I think you just, it's tough, particularly with this one, to have, like, an intellectual relationship to it. Yeah. Like, the more, it's like the, like, Chinese finger trap thing. Like, the more you try to figure out the plot, the more you're stuck in it. Yeah. But if you just, like, laugh when they want you to laugh... Get you know, wistful so, when you want to be wistful. There's so many times. There's I so laugh. much stuff. It's so funny. Okay, can we actually say one thing though? Yeah. I just want to talk about one thing. <laughs> okay, okay. Can please, we? Please. Can we do? Can we talk about Benicio del Toro in this movie? Sean shows my Clients pay me for work, doc. Clients pay. That me for is, work, okay. Doc. <laughs> so I love Benicio del Toro. I love this movie. I like that character for the most part. That line though, I'm like, what is he doing? Wait, what part? Remind me what part that is. The, so, well, all of the stuff he does in this movie is almost like he's in a different film. I'm I like, I like that. Though. It's just so strange. It's, he's a maritime. He's a maritime lawyer that wears like a, a bright red like jacket. Yeah, a, like, a, like, a, like a windbreaker. Yeah. A lot of crime on the high seas. Not a crime. <laughs> yeah, but there's so the like. The, but, like, through him is how we get the definition of the title inherent vice. That's true. But, like, the clients pay me for work, Doc. Why does he say it twice? Uh, I think that that is an issue between Benicio's interpretation of the line, not necessarily the line itself. It's just so... Did you get this, too? Did you think about it? I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't even fucking it's, remember so it. Wait, it's, this is... It comes, like, shortly after one of my favorite parts in the movie, which is when, uh... You and Shasta Faye, <laughs> fucking it. Fucking it. <laughs> He's like, you're gonna kick him. Well, that's assault. <laughs> is this one there? This isn't this. Is this one there at the it's restaurant? Like the, it's in the, no, before the it's restaurant. It's in the beginning. It's after. It's uh. It's after. Uh, Doc gets knocked over the head at the Pussy Eater sure. at the brothel yeah. yes. and wakes up next to Glenn Sherlock's body and Bigfoot is there and hauls him in to ask him questions. I don't remember that line specifically, to be honest. There's like you. a part where he's like, you know, you can move down to OC, you know, not as many hippies down there to sure. get like a non-hippie jury. Yeah. And he goes, come on, what am I paying you for? He says something like that and he's like, clients pay me for work, Doc. Clients, clients pay, pay me, me for work, Doc. Doc. Says yeah. it twice and like kind of looks up while he says it. Do you think that it. that literally, so bizarre. here's a dumb, here's a dumbass perspective <laughs> on what that is. Give it, speak to the people, Noah. <laughs> we go this is what the people want to hear no but it's like he just he got hit over the head right he's yeah. coming out of it no no but but benicio del toro's character says that no i know that's the subjectiveness oh i see oh i like people. that yeah yeah, yeah. that's for him being yeah. like oh he, did he just say that twice yeah he did just say that yeah twice. interesting is it okay. the exact same reading the both times yes I also think Benicio Del Toro is maybe the only, one of the only actors on the face of the earth who could get away with doing that as well. Yeah. Gary Busey might be the other one. Yeah. And then maybe... Clients like, pay me for work, Doc. Clients <laughs> yeah, pay me for work, Doc. Just being fucking crazy. But like, that's just that. I don't know. We, uh, we've talked a lot about this film. Yeah, yeah let's go. We've talked for yeah. almost an hour about just this movie. And oh, we, shit. We, I'm sorry. No, no, like, no. This is great. Uh, and it's crazy to think like, on this podcast, sometimes we'll talk about the plot of the film. Sometimes we won't. I feel like we haven't even sniffed the plot 
plot, quote unquote. Yeah, of this yeah, yeah. Well, and that's it's because yeah, yeah. there's nothing that we can say that will clear it up for anyone. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So exactly. if you and are that's like, kind of what I love. <laughs> and if you're like, what? What is this? What the fuck is this about? And you just aren't familiar with this at all. Just give it a watch for yourself. It's like, a, yeah, it's like another movie that I brought on the pod that you didn't like, which is Right Now, Wrong Then. That is, it but is there right. is at least a structure to that movie. There is. Yeah. I enjoy Right Now, Wrong Then much more than I enjoy. Well, I like to hear that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. What else? Anything else? What do you, do we want to get to our favorite time plugs? Uh, Sonny. What is this? What is this Just segment? Of the plugs, show? if you want, if people, if you, uh, where can people find you if, you if you're interested in letting them know where they can find you? If you oh don't, God, aside from okay. tending bar at Clifton's Cafeteria. I know, you'll have to see me at the bar or send me an email. I don't even have a public presence, right? Well, you're on Letterboxd. Yeah, actually, do on Letterboxd. It's, um,. I think it's just, just at Sonny Dion Jr. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah who's yeah. your who's your profile picture? It's the guy from uh, Garlic Is As Good As Ten Mothers. <laughs> oh wow! Have you seen that movie? I, yeah. But I like Les Blank. I haven't seen that. I one. love Les Blank. There's this like one guy that uh, is wearing like a garlic hat, and he kind of oh, looks shit. like me. I feel he like he's got like a beard. He's like holding up his hands, like talking about garlic like this. And he did Les Blank <laughs> do Werner Herzog eats his shoe. Yes, that's one of the yeah. most inspiring movies I've totally. ever seen in my life. Did you see Burden of Dreams? Uh, no, I haven't seen. Oh, Les Blank did that too. That's my my Uh-oh. Fitzcarraldo tattoo there back here on the on my tricep. I love that tattoo, dude. I love I that love tattoo so much. <laughs> I like uh, it. But yeah, Sonny Dion Jr. on Letterbox, and just uh, if you're at a film festival and you see the name Sonny Dion Jr. in the programming, get your ass to a seat. He's a filmmaker, and he's a very good one as far as I'm concerned. Thank you. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. That's I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank um, you, guys. You can find I uh, just got on Instagram. You know, at the he end did of just got on Instagram. Yeah, uh, you can find me at Noah.Marger. Spelled D O T. Noah.Marger. Uh, we're gonna be doing some cool stuff. My friend uh, Fed and I. We are. He's my creative partner in this endeavor. If you follow at YLG.World, that's letter Y, letter L, letter G. Dot world. Uh, we got some really fun stuff coming out soon. We got. Uh, little comics, we've got, you know, Photoshop, little doohickeys, and we've got some comedy sketches coming out on there as well. Fuck They're yeah. also yes. going to be on YouTube at Your Local Government, which is the name of the page, which is what YLG stands for. So check us out there. Uh, I'm going to try Instagram. I don't really like it very much, to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, it's a little bit more self-serious than I thought it was going to be. You gotta get on TikTok. Um, I gotta get on TikTok. <laughs> uh, maybe you'll find me there next. Who knows? I think we actually, we are gonna, I think actually, maybe by the time this comes out, don't hold me on this, we might actually have a YLG TikTok, to be honest with you. Hey! So find us at, uh, it's either gonna be YLG or local government. We haven't set it up yet, but by the time this airs, we probably will. So we'll link that yeah. in the description. So do you Love have it. anything that you want to recommend this episode? Do you have a recommendation? Yeah. My uh, recommendation is if you ever find yourself, uh, there's two locations, but the closest one to the LA area is very ever find yourself in Valley Village up in the valley hit 4 and 20 which is a great little diner that's where oh, I was okay. here nice. that's where I was right before this nice. I had a big piece of custard pie uh, with my friend Alexander Barrett and uh, I've been buzzing baby yeah hell yeah it, baby. Uh, I'm, on find you, I'm on Instagram at hot dog debicki hot dog the food debicki Elizabeth debicki my queen <laughs> I love that. Uh, it's, it's a reference to the hot dog scene in Widows. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, best moment in cinema history as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, I'm also on Letterboxd. Just my name. I have a little picture of Nancy looking at herself in the mirror in her bed. And it's just like a mood. Uh, and if you want to get in contact with the show, we are on uh, Gmail. Everybody wants the number two to get on the list at gmail.com. I'll post that in the notes. We also have a Spotify playlist where we're putting all the music that we talk about on the show, and you can follow us there if you want to 
Uh, well, at this point, you'll probably like be caught up and not ahead. But you know, if you want to listen to us, we're on. If you want to listen to the music uh, that we cover on the show, it's on uh, Spotify. It's all right there. I think the playlist was called "It's on the Brackets Play and Bracket List," right? Nice. Yes. Yes. Nice. yes, which is a great Mason come up. Love, <laughs> Love that. Um, Love it. I think that's it. I think that's it. Sonny. Right on. Thank you so much yeah, for having dude. me, guys. I'm awesome. so glad you're here. Pleasure to meet you. Yes. Uh, see you next time, folks. Bye. Feet are so dirty when he's on that whatever that thing is that like the stir oh, the like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. very crusty but in a in a great way and I, I think some people have said that the movies like some some critiques of the film were like oh the plot's really convoluted I just think that's talked aw- about that yeah, yeah I just mean, think that's awesome like I think convoluted is great for that kind of a for that kind of a film so preach, anyway preach, definitely baby. big big thumbs up <laughs> yeah. three thumbs up <laughs> wow. wow.